You're listening to That's Pretty Dark. The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children and still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders and under our beds and in our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty dark. dark. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I did not expect that at all. Christian just, we said, are we, because we've been having a whole conversation and Christian just said, are you ready to begin? And I said I was. And then he held up two Furbies. Not one. Not one. But two Furbies. (laughs) And you know what the scariest thing is about these Furbies? What is the scariest thing? Please tell me. We had three of them. Ew. So where's the third? (laughs) If I have- Yeah, three siblings, three Furbies. Because it was me and my two sisters. Mm -hmm. If I have these two- Where's the third one? I genuinely hate that. Mm-hmm. Hate it a lot. We had two, and they're both gone. Lost to time and goodwill, I'm pretty sure. But I'm going to record just like <laughs> this with them right here. He has the Furbies on either side of his head. I should have put batteries No, in you these. shouldn't. That would have been so mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> nope, it's fine. If you haven't I'm figured so it out yet, this is That's Pretty Dark. Yeah. I'm Kaylin, I think. I am Christian, I think. And we're here to talk with you. Uh, a very special Christmas collective WTF, all about the uh, history and lore around everyone's favorite terrifying 90s toy. The freaking Furby. The Furby. Um, I am personally, like you guys, hopefully you're listening to this on Christmas because it's going to release on Christmas. Sure is. Um, But we're recording it a little bit ahead of time. So I'm sitting in my office right now surrounded by Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. I feel as though I'm in Santa's workshop right now. And one of those is for me. One of them is, yeah. He can even see it. I, I teased it. So it's like in my frame. Yeah. But he doesn't know what's in the box. It's not a Furby. I can tell you that Thank much. <laughs> Clearly, you don't need one. You nope. you have all the Furbies in the scenario. I've got these too. Before I get into like the objective history of the Furby craze as a whole, um, I thought I would indulge in some subjective stories. Mm-hmm. I think like you and I are at pretty much just the right age to like really remember the craze of the Furby, but also having been just young enough for them to like completely fascinate us. Yeah, like we're we're just in that sweet spot. I think. Furby came onto the scene in the fall of 1998, just before Christmas shopping season, and quickly became a frenzy. It was the must-have toy of 1998 and 1999, I'm pretty sure. And I vividly remember this happening. Mm -hmm. There were constant commercials on TV. Everyone agreed, like, (laughs) you have to have a Furby. It was a huge deal at the time. And honestly, I can't recall for sure if we got ours in 1998 or 1999, don't remember. Mm -hmm. But what I do remember is that everywhere near us, like all the toy stores, all the chains were sold out for like months and you couldn't find Furbies on the shelves at the time. Mm. And my sister and I had hoped to receive them from Santa. And I remember that we didn't. And my dad had an aunt that would travel. So it was like a novelty to like see her and like hear about going places, you know. And so she actually brought us back Furbies. And I don't remember where she brought them from, but I still do remember like the night that she brought them back with her on the plane and like traveled into town and like the excitement of knowing I was going to have my own Furby finally. I still remember that like giddy excitement. And I also, like, I don't know if this was true for you, but I remember feeling like it cost a million dollars. Like, it was just, it seemed so expensive, and I felt like I needed to be very careful with it and protect it with my life. (laughs) And I laughed when I was researching for this episode because I checked the original MSRP of the Furby, a whopping $35. (laughs) Well, your your parents probably made you feel that way. Probably so, but also just any tech at the time felt that way yeah for sure for me anyway um i was i had all like the spy toys and like all the techie type toys and most of them were super cheap but i felt like they were real expensive yeah you either had toys that were no batteries or toys that were batteries that's true that's true and if you didn't have your fair share of double and triple a batteries on christmas morning it was a yeah. a tough time yeah. in the house. It was devastating <laughs> for sure. Oh it's man, first world problems. But yeah, I mean, in nineties kid money, like thirty five dollars was a lot. So many slurpees. And like, if you count for inflation when they came out, that's still like fifty to sixty dollars. Yeah. So it's not like nothing, especially for 
kids at our age. Buy so many Twix with that. Oh, so many, mm-hmm. so many, and Snickers, you know, mm-hmm. and popsicles and ice cream from the ice cream man. Oh man, the ice cream truck! Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what I was spending my cash on at the time. Talk about price gouging. Oh, also very true. Mofo. And yeah, I I think I mentioned this on the podcast a couple times before, but I was a big animal person, still am. But I mean, as a kid, I was like the animal person. And other than having fish and hermit crabs, and uh, we had a couple of hamsters when I was like a preteen. But other than that, I wasn't really allowed to have a pet until I was a lot older. We didn't get a dog until much later in my life. Yeah. And I think in part because of that, any of the like electronic animal pet toys, because <laughs> mm-hmm. this was not the only one, <laughs> those were my absolute lifeblood. Yeah. They were the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, the Tamagotchi, for example love Tamagotchi. I don't know if you remember. He, he, he's lovingly examining his Furby right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. And that's not a euphemism. It's not love. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at that thing, but you, you are. looking at it. He's holding it up and examining it as I'm talking. I think mine was the gray one. You can't remember? I remember what mine looked like. I thought mine was the gray and white one, and I think my sister said that was hers. So I don't really know which one's mine. I had like an actual Maybe gray I'll claim one. the all black one. The, to me, yours looks like one looks – so to describe for you, one is all black, and one looks like skunk or tuxedo or penguin. It's like a black and white combo. Yeah. I had the one that was all gray. See, I there was a gray one. I thought, I thought that was mine, but it may have not been. I had the one that was all gray. It was in a purple box. <clears throat> but yes – Tamagotchi? Did you have Tamagotchi? I did. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I left mine in a hotel room in Los Angeles. That is so devastating. I was about seven years old. Yep. Mm -hmm. No wonder you are the way you are. Yeah, I'm pretty This is your origin story. Wow. Tamagotchi. I'm so sorry, Tamagotchi. It's forever starving. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Do you remember the Poochie? Poochie? Poochie. Don't know what Poochie is. It was a electronic dog toy that would like hold a bone and stuff. Oh, yeah. No. We we didn't have that. Oh, we had them. We had them. No, I didn't want that. Um, and do you remember the dog toys? I'm gonna speak to a very specific like group. Yes, he's doing emotion. So mm-hmm. the dog toys mm-hmm. that had a remote and a, a cord attached to them. It was yep. like a leash. I remember those commercials. Um, but you could press the button and they would walk mm-hmm. and they would bark. Yep. And it was two buttons on a little control. Yep. Um, my sister and I killed the batteries on like tons of those. I'm we sure had them constantly. I think I always thought that was stupid. I loved them because I couldn't have a dog. So you know what? We pretended to be dogs. My sister and I took turns. Yeah, I would pretend to be a monkey. <laughs> you wanted to have a monkey? No, I would just pretend to be a monkey. Okay. Different different reasons. Different I mean, I'm reasons. sure I wanted a – I still want a monkey now. No, you don't. Well, actually, don't. You don't want, want a monkey. No, no. No, I don't mm-hmm. want a monkey. Have you ever watched any of the behind-the-scenes stuff from Friends? They talk about how difficult it was to work with Marcel. I've seen Dunstan checks in. Oh, well, there's that too, I guess. They're trouble. I don't want a monkey. Anyway. I do want a dog, though. Yeah, dogs are dogs are still good. Speaking of which, do you remember Fur Real Friends? Yeah, I'm sure you saw those commercials. Me and my sister oh, yeah. had those. That was like the pinnacle of oh, yeah. existence, right? To have a fur real friend. Fur, fur, exactly. And then later, Nintendo Dogs. Nintendo Dogs. Yeah. No. You didn't have it. Do you remember it? No. No. It was a game for the. I believe we were on to the DS at that point, but it may have been for like the Game Boy SP. I had. I, I was aging out of my Game Boy days right around the time the DS came out so i don't remember which system Mm. it was for yeah i don't know but i did love the game because you got to take care of your own dogs um i was absolutely captivated and that's like (laughs) not even touching on my whole neopets phase Mm. (laughs) that was i didn't do neopets i oh god that was like my entire introduction to online communities and html and yeah i owe a lot of what who i am to neopets interesting just another virtual pet moment but Please, God, interrupt me. What was your Furby origin story, Christian? Um, you know how we talk about all the time how we've blocked out mm-hmm. certain aspects of our childhood? Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that it just sort of one day I didn't have a Furby and the next I did. Oh, wow. So there was no like anticipation. I remember it being a thing. I remember wanting one and I remember having one. Yeah. And I'm sure there – I. I can vaguely remember that Christmas where we all got one. Yeah. You no, know, we weren't rich by any means. My dad worked all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost, it's like he worked all the time and we still had no money. Yeah. I don't know how we were able to have each of us Furbies, but we all got Furbies at the same time mm-hmm. for the same Christmas, I think. Right. And so I mean, yeah. we wanted one, we got one. That was it. And then we hated them. <laughs> You know, Immediately. Like, there was no like honeymoon period. You get it. You play with it. You realize it sucks. 
I mean, I loved mine for a while. It was cool for like a day or two. I don't know. I would have to ask my family like how long I really played with the Furby. Again, I thought mine was the gray one, yet I ended up with these two black ones. Yeah, those are probably your sisters that were in a different box, and who knows where yours is. But I have all the toys from my childhood. They're all in a box across the room. I do not. The gray one's missing. He's plotting my demise currently. That's what it is. He's missing for that reason. (laughs) He's been building his army. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I didn't have, I don't have these visceral memories of it, but um, I remember them being crazy popular, mm-hmm. but having one yeah. and being like, <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah. I Most people one. that I knew, I feel like were getting them too. But I think I got tired of it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know. I remember that. You talk like, about animals and wanting animal electronic animatronic toys, mm-hmm. but like, what is it? I mean, it's an animal. Is it a bird? I kind of thought is of it, it as a bird-like creature. It's a fuzzy it's, bird. Because it's almost a, it'll parrot what you say, so, or it, it you know, allegedly would parrot what mm-hmm. you say. But I'll get to some of that. I'll get to that. That's crazy. I've told you about all of my electronic pets that I had, but none of the toy pets of the time had quite the same sparkle as the Furby did. Right. But I'll back up for a second and I'll explain like how the gibberish speaking creatures came into existence. (laughs) So like many parents and children that were tormented by these Furbies, I was interested to learn who was responsible. (laughs) Yeah. Like who do we hold responsible for this creature? Seriously, please tell me. And so I found this really fascinating article on Bustle. And the blame, or credit, if you want to call it credit, belongs to a toy-making team of three people. They were David Hampton, Caleb Chung, and Richard C. Levy. Screw all of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a whole story that we wouldn't have otherwise. And it's a memory that we wouldn't have otherwise. It's a Christmas miracle. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about these folks, because I they didn't ring any bells for me. The names didn't, anyway. Mm-mm. So, David Hampton... He is regarded as the father of the Furby. What a legacy. Uh, He grew up as an electronics whiz in Michigan, and he was always, like, fixing radios and things for his neighbors. And he got his first job in a television repair shop when he was 13 years old. Wow. So he graduated high school in 1970, and then he immediately enlisted in the Navy, and so he continued his electronic studies in the Navy. And during his eight years that he served in the Navy, he picked up a smattering of languages. (laughs) Um, languages including Japanese, Thai, Chinese, and Hebrew. And that's kind of important. So he just picked up languages? Yeah, he just picked them up. He was just real good at everything. I've been studying French for 10 years and I still can't get a grasp on Some it. Some of just us just don't have it. Picked up languages Clearly, in his 20s or 30s or whatever? Yes. Uh, David went on to hold some jobs in Silicon Valley. Um, he briefly worked for Mattel. Okay. And then that's where he actually met our second... Uh, member of this team, Caleb Chung. Chung. So unlike Hampton, Chung had no formal electronics training. Apparently in interviews, he said that he didn't necessarily have the same education, but his family moved around a lot and they were pretty low income. So he feels like this helped him to be more resourceful and it helped him learn to think more creatively is what he said in interviews before. Sure. So thank you, Caleb Chung, for all of your... um, Thanks for chunging it. (laughs) Uh, The final piece of this puzzle came together when the team found their business partner in Richard Levy, and then they brought him on to help with their licensing. Because as Christian and I have figured out the hard way, um, any creative pursuit also requires a lot of business sense if you really want to make it work. An absurd amount. Yeah, more than we have or want, but apparently it's really necessary. Yeah, so, you're like, I'll be creative and make all this really great stuff and people will, will like love me for it or whatever. Doesn't exactly work that it way. It doesn't happen that way. No. You need that middleman. See, I'm not a Roy time. Disney. I'm definitely more of a Walt than a Roy. I think I have elements of both, but like, yeah. I just don't have the like numbers. I'm not a numbers person. Yeah, I'm not nearly as good at anything as either of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you want a really like real world example of that, just watch the social network movie. Oh, about true. how they needed all the money very and true. the middleman and, and everybody just to make it happen. Very, very true. Also, screw Facebook. <laughs> Meta. Meta. Oh, come on, Zuck. Zuck, you suck. <laughs> so this Richard Levy guy, um, he had a degree in television and cinematography, and he actually promoted a lot of films for Paramount when he was early in his career. And then he founded his own production company, which focused on TV shows and documentaries. Hmm. And so this next part, very interesting to me. I didn't really know about it, but he migrated to work as an architect for the WorldNet Satellite Network. Hmm. 
I literally had no idea this existed. So that shows my like American bubble stupidity. But <laughs> apparently this is a satellite television channel broadcast out of DC and it's aimed at audiences outside of the US. But apparently the mission of this network is to show a balanced and accurate picture of American society, policies, and people. So there's this whole network dedicated to this cause and promoting normal life in the US, I guess. So it's totally fabricated and it's lies Pretty spread much. to the rest <laughs> That's of what the it world like. to make the rest of the world <laughs> think this is what the American way is. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? I don't know what exactly it looked like specifically. If you've ever seen this show or this network, if shows on this network, there are many shows on one network, but if you've ever seen it, let us know. Yeah, let us know what's on that. I mean, I've I'm spent time outside of the US, but I like it's it's interesting to me just that the fact that every other country that I've been to focuses on world news and like every channel is world news, whereas in America mm-hmm. it's just American, American news. American news. Yeah. WorldNet has since merged with another network. And so it's hard to like know exactly what type of content was being broadcast, but they did have content in many world languages. And apparently they included several dramatic comedy shows that kind of focused on English language skills. So they were helping people learn English. I think the fact that the American, the average American isn't aware of this. I know. Tells you that that it's not an accurate depiction of our normal lives. It's probably true. I'm sure there were, I mean, obviously, you know, Richard was working on it. Apparently there were a lot of Americans, you know, working on it. This guy also made the Furby. So (laughs) like, I don't trust him. I don't like his opinions. I don't care about (laughs) his worldview. I think it's very important personally. I I care a lot. So the inspiration behind Furby was indeed the Tamagotchi, which I have often assumed. Sure, that makes sense. So these guys decided to improve upon the Tamagotchi's, they felt one flaw, like they felt like it had one flaw, and that was that you couldn't pet it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You couldn't interact with it in the way that you can interact with an animal or a pet that you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, They felt like that put distance between the user and the, the toy. And so they wanted to kind of make a version that you could pet. Interesting. So they got to work together and obviously things clicked for them. They credit Levy with securing a licensing deal with Tiger Electronics. And this happened in 1997. And soon after this, Tiger was acquired by Hasbro. Hasbro. Making the product development a lot easier than it was previously. So they had a lot more resources, more funds, etc. So this licensing thing really helped them get in the door at the right places to get the Furby, you know, mass produced. Yeah. In October of 1998, the Furby made its debut in New York City's F.A.O. Swartz Toy Store, which I've been to. I've been there. It's really cool, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And then the store had 35,000 Furbies backordered by the end of that week. Wow. Um, and I'll give you some more stats because, you know, I love stats. Oh, me too. According to Time Magazine, in 1998, 1.8 million Furbies were sold. <sighs> and that's 1.8 million, keep in mind, in the last few months of 1998 because it didn't debut until October. Just for that Christmas season. So that's 1.8 million in October, November, and December of 1998. Oh my God. How do they make that many that fast? Right? Hasbro. <laughs> like, that's all I got. Just I don't know. <laughs> Hasbro. Hasbro. Jeez. And by 1999, there was an astronomical increase in that number, and they were able to sell 14 million. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Wait, by when? The next year. Just for the whole year? Mm-hmm. But still. So by the end of the first that hurts three, me. I, I know. By the end of the first three years, 40 million Furbies had been sold, according to Gizmodo. (laughs) We're just trying to get like a consistent number of people to listen to our podcast. Right? (laughs) Just every week. Isn't it wild? We don't have anything as like, you know, enticing as the Furby, I guess. But now we do. Wait, you're telling me it's because our audience can't pet us on a regular basis? (laughs) They can't feed us and they can't... Yes. Uh, sing to us and apparently, teach us things and touch us. Apparently, if they could do we that. We can fix that. We, we sure can. <laughs> petting zoo time. We can time. go on tour right now. Petting zoo time. A two-way petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> you pet the animals, they pet you back. <laughs> That's a reference to The Office, if you're That's unfamiliar. The office. That's we're the not office. just insane laughing about a two-way petting zoo. We kind of are. We're not but, that funny. Yeah, we're not that funny. We're not, we're not very clever. So it wasn't just the Furby's cute face and fluffy hair that made them a hit, though. The toys could talk. Mm-hmm. And more than talk, as you just mentioned, the Furbies could learn. In a 2014 interview, Caleb Chung said that Furby was a big hit 
because it, on purpose, let you believe that it was alive. And all the electronic toys up until then were like, you know, squeeze my hand, I'll count to 10, like very self-centered, like no interaction really. Yeah. So the Furby was able to become human in a way that other products weren't. Right. It became human right. and present. And people thought that that was scary and weird and freaky <laughs> because it, it encroaches on being human. Uh, this is what Chung said about it. Caleb Chung, one of the creators. I'll, I'll get to some of it, but we believe it was a lot more advanced than it was simply because of the boom that it had, the reach yeah. that it had. That's really where a lot of it comes it was. from. Yeah. The fact that every American household could have one. We just spent so much time watching like Terminator movies and all of a sudden there's this little plastic robot thing in your house that's basically like a fuzzy little Tamagotchi version of a Terminator. Yeah. Pretty much. Just the fact that that technology entered everybody's home that quickly mm -hmm. was pretty unprecedented, I think. Uh, yeah. And like Caleb Chung was mentioning, Furby kind of walks that unca uncanny valley line. You know, uncanny valley references like something that's not quite human, but almost. Yeah. Uh, that phenomenon has always freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, think of like, I'm trying to think of examples of the uncanny valley, but like the Polar Express where it's like the faces are, it's like too close, but still not close enough and Furby kind of emulates that as well mm -hmm. it doesn't look human but it sometimes acts like it yeah uncanny valley is defined as the relationship between the human-like appearance of an object and the emotional response that it evokes in a person and people feel often a sense of unease or even repulsion in response to beings that are like inhuman but highly realistic yeah, I got that feeling watching Westworld. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's things are like, ultra real and yeah. not real at the same time. Yeah. And I always get kind of nauseous. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> when it, it's like, disturbing. I don't, it I really don't like is. it. Because we're still trying to answer questions about what makes us human. That's true. What makes us alive? What makes us conscious and aware? That's true. If Why you've are been, we unique? Uh, on our journey with the recent episodes about the green ribbon. Right. We've right. been on that kick for a little while. It's that where's the line? And where's the, line? the Uncanny Valley really does a lot to explain why things that are too close mm -hmm. really bother us. It's creepy. And this uncanny ability to feel emotionally human is probably why the Furby earned the reputation that it did mm -hmm. in the following years after its release for being a little bit scary, as you mentioned a couple of times. And as I've seen on camera tonight. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I appreciate this because everything I've seen online about people who are like, I'm going to do a, an episode of my YouTube channel on the Furby. Yeah. They don't really like, they're not doing this this kind of uh, research in this deep dive. So I appreciate I this a lot. I mean, I was interested in just seeing like where it came from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is that makes these like, you have to take care of this thing and feed it yeah. and raise it. What do you think it is that draws children to that? Because like you see like- Biology. Well, children like <laughs> love the idea of like a baby. Right. You know, my, my nephew. Yeah. You know, I getting think... used to the idea that my sister's having another kid. So it's oh, like- Oh yeah, you have that whole New process. baby, baby. I think the like evolutionary biology of our like species, like we we want to perpetuate life, so therefore uh, most young people or children, babies, and societally women, historically, which again misogyny, and you can yeah. give little boys a football and give little Ugh. girls a baby doll. Give little boys a baby doll too, because they're gonna have to take care of kids one day as well, more than likely. <laughs> Because guess what? They're yep. making them too, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the woman that is making the child, and it's not just the woman's responsibility. The man also makes the child and therefore should also be held responsible, no, but no, I digress. This doesn't, this doesn't seem right. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I guess it's just like that biological urge to care for something, and I certainly had it at a very like intense level as a kid. I think I was intrigued by it, and as soon as I had it, I was like, woof. That's, <laughs> ugh. That's yeah. boring. Yeah. Can I play video games now? It's a lot. But then, yeah, there was me and I was playing video games where I was also doing the same thing. So Yeah. So I still have on these two Furbies here, the original tags oh. are still attached. I'm going to read. Please read to me. So I didn't know if this would come up, so I saved it. But this is what the tag says that comes with these Furbies. And they're from 1998. Okay. It says 98. These almost. are the original. You should really look into. I might be able to sell these for some money. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> some Furbies are gray. And others are white. Some Furbies are black, as black as the night. Mm. Some have tails, and others have manes. But each Furby has its own name. Mm. So no two Furbies are the same. Mm. Small of stature, big of heart. All Furbies are so very smart. <laughs> 
They speak a language all their own, for Furbish is a language quite unknown. Oh. Furbies need may may love, mm -hmm. and may la hugs, and they wee wee sing, and lulu joke. <laughs> they play Furby says mm -hmm. and hide and seek. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And into the future they can peek. <gasps> So, when you take a Furby home, you will never be alone. Oh my god. The more you play, the more they do. Furby will keep amazing you. <laughs> also known as terrifying. Yeah, for you. real. I didn't know how that was going to end. I couldn't, I mean, I'm sure I read that as a child. But... I mean, it's very ominous. Yeah. <laughs> it's very scary. They'll keep amazing you if you let them. They'll keep amazing you. So are we in the like reading scary stories part yeah, of this episode? So are we here now? Now that you guys know a little bit about the background of a Furby, I thought it would be fun to, well, we, like we said, we kind of asked the listener base and the internet to share some darker Furby stories. So hope we don't offend. This is all in good fun for Christmas and remembering our darker <laughs> moments of childhood. And if it offends you, get over it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to get into some of this, I did have a couple from my friends. So I want to shout them out real quick and share their, their stories. Yeah. So my friend Caitlin, she's been involved in a lot of my development of the podcast and sharing ideas. So we appreciate Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin. Yeah, thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for sending your story as well. Uh, Caitlin said that she found her Furby in a box of old toys a few years back. And she said she was pretty excited to like turn it on and like see what it remembered. Like I would be too if I found a Furby. I'd be like, cool. Like I want to know what it remembers. Uh, but at the time, she happened to drop it, and she said it absolutely freaked out. It was like making a mechanical screeching noise. Its eyes are blinking. Its mouth is opening. Yeah, they scream. Wiggling, ears, feet, everything. Yeah. And she said that it scared her so much that she like tore out the batteries right away, and she just threw it away. <laughs> yeah. And I can't say I blame her. That's pretty spooky. Pretty dark. Just the screech, the scream, like pain. You know? Yeah, I've, I've read that. Apparently, yeah, if they fall a certain distance, they begin to scream and they don't <laughs> stop screaming until you reset them. That makes me ill. Isn't that crazy? It just doesn't, <laughs> oh, I hate it that. doesn't stop because also there's no off button. Oh, no, that's another. The yeah. only way to turn Should've them off is either that. to take out the batteries, yep. which we know doesn't always work. Right. It will eventually, but not or immediately. Or you have to hit the reset button. Or yes, the reset button. And then you lose all your progress you've made with your Furby. Right. Potentially. Right. So It's too bad Whew. people don't come with a reset it's button. so crazy. They, they, every fall, other day. they fall a certain distance and they don't stop screaming. They don't. Neither do I, ladies and gentlemen, thems and theys. I also probably wouldn't stop screaming. No. So I also have a friend from high school, my friend Amber. Shout out to Amber. She's awesome. A lot of my um, pop culture love Sub comes Amber. from... <laughs> You know most of my Amber, well, you know, my cousin. Yeah, this isn't the Amber I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe the one Amber that you don't know. Amber, I feel yeah. like a lot of my pop culture love in junior high and high school, we shared a lot of that. And so she really, like, encouraged that in me. And I didn't have a lot of friends that liked the same things that I did. So yeah. shout out to Amber. Very much appreciated that because I feel like it's a lot of what made me, like, the weird, oh, like, person that I am. Thank God. And I appreciate that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Thank God. Thank Amber. Amber, I owe you some money <laughs> or something. <laughs> right? And she shared that when she was young, her Furby would often, like, talk to her from her closet in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. It would just begin speaking to her, which I'm pretty sure I have memories of that, too, but I've blocked them all out. Yeah, mine did, too. Um, yeah, for sure. She said, eventually, like, this got so troublesome, like, it bothered her so much that she took her Furby up to the attic. Okay. And left it there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I can't say I blame her, because if it's talking to you in the middle of the night, just unnecessary yeah another friend of mine her name's also kaylin but spelled differently kaylin three long story but she's a good friend of mine from many <laughs> years back as well um she made me laugh too she said that hers apparently freaked her dad out so badly that eventually he took the batteries out and he told her that it was broken <laughs> <laughs> he just took it away he was like no uh it's broken which i understand he's like yeah we're not gonna he do went this. to the furby farm up north <laughs> Yep, uh, yep, he, yep, went to the farm. With all the other he's, Furbies. He can run and play with all the other Furbies now. He's free. It's yes. Free and happy. I thought that was pretty good. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, since I've kind of covered the ones from people that I personally know, 
Do you have any Furby stories from your homework that I asked you to do? Would you like to read one to us? Oh, I've got like five. Hey. But I won't read all of them. Hit me. We're just going to see. Hit me. We're going to hope that we don't have the same ones. That's true. To begin, I never had a Furby. Shit was stupid. But my friend had one. She liked it and all, played with it for a few weeks. Then she went to the lake with her family. She accidentally dropped it in the lake. They recovered it, but the electrical bits are dead. She takes it home, throws it in the closet, forgets about it. Life goes on. Fast forward about two months or so. I come over to hang out. Suddenly, I ask, Hey, what happened to your Furby? She goes into the story, then ends it with, But I don't really miss it. Hmm. And like clockwork, we hear, Furby don't need you anymore. Oh my god. From the closet. Bricks were shat. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, you know, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. Thanks, you Reddit, for some of get. these stories. It's a good time. Was that one of yours? No? Uh, yes, no? no. I think I may have read it, but I don't think I picked it. They're not all great. Mine They're are really, hard. really short. Okay. But I will so I also asked about this phenomenon in like a Furby group online. Uh, I went into like a Facebook Furby group. Seem to be some pretty cool people in in there, and they have some pretty cool sure. stories about Furbies. I personally just can't imagine being that dedicated to any one thing. I'm too <laughs> I'm too ADHD to like have one interest, but some people do, and they can really take those interests to new heights. You could say we're only that dedicated to our own like mental health awareness and like but, right, yeah, the things that we're just like angry <laughs> like, about. Staying home on Friday nights, recording <laughs> podcast episodes. That's what we're doing right now. Um, I've told Christian Literally. many a time that like my biggest motivator is honestly spite. Yeah. And not in a mean or bad way, but truly, if I really want to get something done, there I need to like have some element of spite in my system. Oh, yeah. For sure. So. No, I get it. <laughs> Whether it's toward myself or someone else, that's, you know. It's usually self-spite, yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but anyway, so I asked about this phenomenon online. Some people uh, are not fans of the dark Furby stories, so I apologize. But there were interesting stories as well. Some people were sharing stories with me that weren't just super dark or spooky, but that were kind of just unexplainable or uncanny. Mm -hmm. Uh, One user shared with me that though she always takes the batteries out of her Furbies when she stores them, (laughs) she once found a spider bitten in half in the beak of one of her Furbies. Whoa. (laughs) That's wild. I know. The battery was out of it. So who knows what's going on in your house, user? I That's crazy. <laughs> worry a little bit. But at least they're taking care of the spiders for you. Yeah, that's insane. And there was this like poignant story that I thought I would share. Somebody said that they bought a used Furby and the previous owner had said that it belonged to his late wife and she got cancer in the early 2000s and then she spent most of her time like in the hospital and she had her Furby with her in the hospital. And this user that shared this with me, they said that that Furby was a lot like quote unquote smarter than the rest of her Furbies. Mm-hmm. And so that just made her like aware of how much time someone had spent with it. Yeah. And it really made her like sad when she realized like Aww. the reason for that. She said it was like the smartest Furby that she'd ever seen. And this is somebody that's collecting them. So yeah. Wow. Just knowing that somebody like spent that time. And I mean, this goes back to the same the primal urge to take care of something. Like I feel like that probably this Furby probably really helped that woman, mm-hmm. you know, coping with her cancer and everything. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. Different vibe. That's heavy. I know. Man. Sorry, what else you got for me? Hit me with something else. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to keep it spooky here. (laughs) Sad. I know. Well, so speaking of like not poignant, but just sort of like uh, hard to explain, Mm -hmm. um, like uh, Furby adjacent stories. There's one I read. I wanted to keep it strictly to um, Furbies that kind of seem to exist or be alive inexplicably. But this one was sort of, you know, out there. This one story I read said this girl was. um, she had over time gotten bored with her Furby. So she like put it on a shelf somewhere like in the basement mm-hmm. and like left it, which was, you know, a pretty common trope. Like we put it on a shelf in the basement. Yeah. Like, you, know. you just, but yeah. She had this nightmare one night that it was just like sobbing. Mm-hmm. 
alone by itself oh, down I hate in the, that. In yeah, the I understand. Oh, my yeah. God. And then she woke up to her mother packing a suitcase crying because her mother had died. So she had to leave in the middle of the night Whoa. to like go. You know, so her like dream of the Furby mm-hmm. blended into her, her reality that she was hearing, of, probably. Yeah, her mother, her grandmother dying oh my and her gosh. mother crying about it and That's like having wild. to leave to go take care of things. And imagine and having like, that in your memory for like decades. Well, she said like, I can't look at a Furby without yeah, thinking about that. Like, I wouldn't, yeah, that's, that's... It's part of my development, like yep. my psyche. Very, very early core memory, as they say. But why your dream state would go to your Furby that you left somewhere in the dark just like crying I know. in the darkness. That's super it's sad. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang, I thought we left some of the sad and heavy stuff behind us in some of the other episodes, but here we are. <laughs> It's Christmas time, so yeah. we're gonna we're determined to feel sad somehow Christmas or another. Ghosts. Wow. Yeah. So there's another one from Reddit. I had a Furby that I loved for a few months. Then I turned her off and set her up in my closet. I didn't want to give her away. She sat there in view with her eyes closed for probably four years. One day, I opened my closet door. Her eyes opened. She blinked at me. I got rid of her. <laughs> Oh my god. Hello. I've been waiting for you. Yeah, God. Super spooky. Uh, I do have another one from the Furby group that I that I asked and I do appreciate that everybody took time. Some people were like very enthusiastic about it. Like I said, some people weren't weren't so thrilled, but a lot of people thought it was really cool. There was a user that mentioned that they visited a KB Toy Store. You remember KB Toys? KB Toys. Oh yeah. We had one in the mall. Um but it's a toy store, just like any other. This user said that they were in the KB toy and then they found this Furby that was saying it didn't feel well. It was like sneezing, you know, doing the sick thing that Furbies did. Mm -hmm. And he said that he pet it and he fed it and he like gave it some attention and trying to get it kind of well again, you know, because I mean, I would do the same thing probably if I was in a store. I was like, oh no, and I like try to fix it, whatever. And then he said he was visiting again like a week later or so. And he said that he was mostly alone in the store. And he said that he was at the opposite end of the aisle from where the Furbies were. And he heard a distant, hey. And he said that's something Furbies tend to do when they sense motion. But he said to this day, he's not sure what caused that Furby to respond because there was nobody on that side of the store. There was nobody near that Furby and there were no shadows or motion or anything Hmm. that should have indicated to that Furby that there was somebody present. Right, right. So he likes to think... (laughs) That this Furby was thanking him for <laughs> spending time with it and getting it well. It just said, hey. Wow. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is wild. Ooh. Because they do have that, like, motion sensor. Yeah. Like. But he said that this, he, you know, because he was, I guess, of the mind that you can explain. And most people in that group, you know, are of the mind that you can explain most things that happen. Mm-hmm. But he said this was something, you know, that he couldn't quite explain because there was no right, motion yeah. that should have triggered the Furby. But it still still said, hey. It's like, what's up, man? Yeah. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> That's funny. Pretty good. That's crazy. Ugh. That stuff is so creepy to me. I know. Freaks okay. me out. So this story is from Reddit user Derpahoo. Nice. So they said, in elementary school, I was invited to sleep over at my friend Sally's for her birthday. There were quite a few girls going, and we were told everyone was going to sleep in the family room, and somehow I scored the couch. They said, now Sally loved Furbies, and above the couch was a shelf that was dedicated to Furbies. And there were a shit ton of them, according to this user, (laughs) in different shapes and sizes and colors on the shelf. And they said the party was okay, and everyone got ready for bed, and that they got comfortable on the couch. And then fast forward a few hours, everyone is dead asleep, and they said they themselves were in a nice deep sleep. But suddenly, (laughs) the shelf broke. And the shelf, like the wood part of the shelf, fell behind the couch. And the Furbies rained down on her sleeping there on the couch. Them, them sleeping there on the couch. I don't know why. I'm assuming it's a girl because birthday sleepover. It just seemed like a girly thing to Seems, do in the 90s. It, yeah. uh, this person had Furbies in the middle of the night raining down on them. And they said it was activated by whatever the f*** activated Furbies, a movement or sound or whatever. But they all came alive and woke her up. They all fell. So, yeah, sure. Right. And so she was awoken by a horde of Furbies all over her, talking and moving and looking at her. God. I cannot imagine. (laughs) It seems like that would really stick with the person. Oh, that would be so Obviously, there's, you know, the fact that this shelf broke suddenly is pretty pretty scary like that. I've had things fall on me in the middle of the night. I have, um, Mm -hmm. I've had like a collage that I made. 
uh, over my bed several years ago. Like I just put a lot of stuff that I love onto one collage because I didn't want to put them on my wall in my apartment. And so I made this giant collage that's basically like what I consider my headboard just above my bed. Mm -hmm. And I've had that follow me in the middle of the night before. And it's pretty like startling and terrifying just to have like a sudden jolt and something's falling on you. That's terrible. Yeah. But I cannot imagine (laughs) that to happen with Furbies. A bunch of Furbies. No. No, thank you. Thank you. you. Mm -mm. I'm I'm uncomfortable with these two sitting here next to me (laughs) and the batteries are out and they're not making any noise. But they could at any time. And you know that. They could at any time. (laughs) Trust me. I know. They've been tucked away in my office here for a few weeks now. And like, <laughs> I keep waiting. I start working here all day and all night. And I'm just like, when is one of them just going to like speak from? The, I wish they know, would, cabinet? honestly. I wish they had. They're going to wait till after this episode is recorded, though, of course. They're going to wait till it's like, it's unbelievable that I would be like, oh my God, guys, my Furby talked. <laughs> no one's going to believe me now. Yeah. What else you got? You got some, some more stories? I got some more. I got some more. What else you got for me? So I have. Two more, but I'm only going to read the one because the other one's kind of stupid. I liked the big scare at the end of one of these, but the rest of it's sort of ridiculous. Mm. I used to sing Brahms' lullaby to my dog Rascal as it calmed him down while we crate trained him. My Furby was off sitting on one of my bookshelves. One night, I finished getting the dog into the crate, sang to him, petted him until he was settled, and reached up to switch off the light. As the room went dark and I stood to climb in my bed, the Furby's eyes slowly opened. And it sang the lullaby, the beginning of Brahms' lullaby. Its eyes closed, and I stared frozen. The next few seconds were a blur. The dog, Rascal, launched into hysterics. I dove for the crate and fumbled with the latch, grabbed Rascal by the collar, and we ran upstairs to my parents' room with me screaming, Rascal growling and barking. By the time my parents had been awakened and had staggered into my room, the Furby was in full possession mode. Oh no. Waylu! Waylu! <laughs> it cried, ears flapping up and down, eyes blinking, mouth opening and closing, making snapping noises each time it shut. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Dad grabbed the horrible thing off the shelf and heaved it over the balcony, and it fell and landed with an excruciating crunch. Waylu! <laughs> it howled from below. Then it began to whir, a high-pitched mechanical Oh, I know that sound. I know that as sound. As it spasmed and twitched, Mom held me tight and Dad and Rascal headed down the stairs. Rascal seized it, worrying it, trying to break its non-existent spine. And Dad stormed into the garage, returning with a hammer. Mm. Between the two of them, they destroyed that Furby. Plastic and faux fur scattered across the living room. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> oh my god i mean i guess i can kind of so, I mean, that, that one's that one was just creepy to me because it like you know they're only programmed to learn certain things mm-hmm. so exactly. the thought that it could like learn something that you're singing like a lullaby and then mm-hmm. sing it back to you is pretty creepy yeah they don't really do that it was meant to kind of feel like they did because of the things that they taught the furby yeah. but all in all, they really didn't parrot things the way that we kind of remember them doing. It was just really good at learning. Yeah, they were only meant to learn. Quote, unquote, certain learning um, certain phrases and words. It was all pre-programmed stuff. Speaking of dads with hammers, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have one. I don't love it. We don't have to use it necessarily. But speaking of dads with hammers, I have another from a Reddit user, Burns Kid. They said, had two Furbies. They were buried in the bottom of the toy box. Sleeping in the dead of night, years after we got them, I hear a deep, slow voice. This is why I picked this one, I think. Deep, slow voice. Because we all know that slow voice of a dying electronic toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, oh, hell no. Screamed, ran to my parents' room, woke them both up, and had them come into my room to get the monster. So they go digging around the room, and then when they hear it again, the same. <laughs> Just the fact that it's so slow, that's what I don't like. But more screaming, crying, and they said finally their dad pulled out this half-dead Furby from inside the toy box, and he took it to smash it with a hammer in the garage. (laughs) And they said that they still had nightmares about it years later. Sure. But the fact that the the dad, I love that the dad in the 90s, this 90s dad figure in all these a lot of these stories is like, I'm not going to mess with this. Like, Mm -mm. it is the middle (laughs) of the night. (laughs) I have to work in three hours. 
I think that's the most, those are the most realistic versions. The rest of them are like creepy pastas, but like the ones where the dad's just like, nope, mm-hmm. I am not dealing with this. I'm destroying this thing. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like as a kid, that was more scary to me or would have been more scary because I would have felt like, oh, the dad, the parents are scared too, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they necessarily, in, in at least the ones that we read, I feel like the dad, and this is of course me entirely putting my own like projection into it, but I feel like the dad is just like fed up and I'm like, I'm not having yeah. my kids screaming and crying all night. I can't do that. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, they, they eliminate the problem. They just dealt with it. Yeah. That's such a nineties dad thing. I can't really imagine any people that I know with kids, like taking a hammer to any of their kids toys right now, but I'm sure if no. desperate times called for desperate measures, they, they would. It's just like very poltergeist. Ask yeah. just the whole like we nobody has time for this. We're just gonna <laughs> just get get rid of this, destroy this thing, and throw it throw it away, and move forward with our lives. I'm sure yeah. there are some creepy passes out there where the Furbies come back from the dead, but yeah, no, there were a lot of really unbelievable ones that I uh, skipped over. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think some of these are fun and just they're just fun. We all they're have fun. those moments from childhood that stand out in our mind. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to talk yeah. about. So. If you thought these were uh, pretty unbelievable, then well, just know that these were the selects. <laughs> yeah, this is a select for you. Yeah. And if you didn't share a story with us, but you would like to, feel free. We'll record it sometime. We'll put them on Patreon when we get that yeah, up and we'll, we'll get them out there. Share it with us. We'll get them out there. The creepiest thing about Furbies to me, mostly the people who have physically altered the Furbies. Yes, there are a lot of those. That's weird. Yeah, there is a community. Just look it up. I'm just I'm not going to comment positive or negative one way or the other, but but like do a quick Google of a, a long, long Furbies. Furby. Yep, they're interesting to look at. Just they're enticing visually. Type that into the Google. See what you think. We'll leave it up to you. It's very uh, human centip- It's Furby centipede esque. Um, it's very strange to me. And I understand like modifying electronics, and that's like a whole thing that. You know, some people do, and I certainly don't have that skill set or that interest, to be frank. But have you, have you seen these? Oh, see this? oh no, he's showing me something on the camera. It looks like a Furby. It looks like a spider with a Furby head. Yeah. Oh no, I haven't seen those. So these that Christian's showing me right now, maybe we'll post them at some point. It's a Furby. It, it, yeah. It's Furby made into other animals. It's weird. I don't like. It's it. almost like Furby taxidermy, if you will. Oh god! But they yeah. don't die. They don't die. It's not even They don't dead. die. They just come back. It's just Furby plastic surgery. That's what it is, really. It is very strange. Mm. And any, I mean, something that's already that deep in the uncanny valley, and then you just elevate it that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I mean, you know, beyond body modifications for your for your Furby friends, you know, that's do whatever you want. Like, look, oh, whatever gets you by. Do whatever you need to do. A hundred percent. Whatever helps you survive yes. this existence. <laughs> as long as you don't do this to people, we're fine. <laughs> we're good. Or you know what? Anything that's alive. Don't do this to any animals. That's a good don't do this to any people. Yeah, good rule. And of we're all gonna be totally, totally gravy here. <laughs> but Yes. The thing that I'm gonna have a problem with every time is did you okay, did you notice the incredible amount of stories involving people skinning? Yes, I, I sure did. That is not okay. I agree. <laughs> You're gonna skin your furby. There's some kind of ethical dilemma off. I have with that. I don't. I don't, un- like I don't understand you, <laughs> and you should explain yourself. I don't either. I don't get it. So, oh my God. I'm not gonna give you an excuse Mm-mm. and tell you that that's okay. <laughs> We won't give you a pass. Sorry, guys. I'm laughing because number one, it's pretty late at night. We normally record during the day, it's super so late. it's we're really feeling the Furby feels right now. But also yep. the fact that Christian is so <laughs> dead serious right now, like the look, <laughs> Just, look on his face, he looks so serious. Talk about being offended. <laughs> I'm upset. He looks upset, and here I am laughing. Don't about cut it. the skin off of anything. Don't. Just don't. Please. Please, if you take one thing from our show today. Leave it alone. <laughs> just leave it alone. <laughs> leave well enough alone, you know? I'm bothered. I know you are. That's so much funnier to me. I don't know why. Oh, my God. So, at this point, I do feel compelled to also mention that there are some of there are some folks in the Furby community. These are people that collect and modify and resell Furbies sometimes. And... I, from my brief dive into this world, have realized that some of these folks are 
pretty offended at this kind of lore and these kind of stories. Mm -hmm. So apologies if you're listening from one of those groups. I don't mean to offend. I understand that this is your hobby and that is perfectly fine, just like this podcast is my hobby. (laughs) I just feel like there are some folks that have a pretty intense chip on their shoulder from years of Furbies being made fun of and made out to be possessed or like frightening. And we don't mean offense, but we can't help the fact that we did feel fear and we were young children. (laughs) And many of the stories I understand can be explained away by like faulty wiring or other mechanical issues, but it doesn't change the terror that we felt at the time or our families felt. And I think Furbies have earned their place in that lore of the 90s, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. I know many of the like stories that were like, mine kept talking without the batteries. Those stories are really popular. And I will let you know right now, now that we've discussed some of them, apparently this was true and this absolutely could happen. They were designed that way, right? Well, not necessarily on purpose, but some models were able to retain like a small amount of like right. power battery, even after the batteries had been removed. And this, personally, when I realized that, it explained a lot for me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And there were also, like, widespread rumors in, like, 1998 and 2000 that the National Security Agency, the NSA, banned Furbies from their property. And there is some truth to this. Mm -hmm. Furbies are programmed to start out speaking, like, some nonsense phrases and then slowly replace them with, like, simple English phrases. And there was an initial concern that they could listen in on confidential conversations and then parrot them. And so that led to this kind of panic in security agencies. Right. And it did lead the NSA to ban Furbies in their entire agency. And they actually ended up lifting the ban after several months. Um, Tiger Electronics, they got together, explained how Furbies worked, and they did end up lifting the ban. It's wild. So, I mean, it, but the fact that it happened at all, it's like we, it was such an, it was such a new technology and just nobody knew how it worked. Right, right. And so that it was enough to cause a little bit of concern uh, in agencies like that. (laughs) Sure. Intelligence is important. Yeah. You got to protect some things. Yeah, got to. So the Furby was actually updated around 2005, and that model didn't sell very well. The original line, including this one, kind of lost steam around 2007. And this is around the time when I never had them. I had aged out at this point, but Webkins were popular. Mm. Um, Webkins are a toy that you like. You buy a little plushie, and then they come with a code, and you connect with them online. Oh. So this was kind of the move to the online world. Yeah. And so Furbies kind of fell out of the fad. Right. I never, you know, like I said, I never really explored the world of Webkins, but apparently they were really popular. I can imagine. Yeah. Apparently now Furbies are still being sold and that's news to me. So they've had lots of, um, or at least a few like new designs since 2012. So the 2012 version, it came with a ton of new like technical capabilities. And at me as a kid, I would have lost my mind reading about some of this stuff. I was like, I would have loved that as a kid. Yeah. So the original Furby... <laughs> This is another source of a lot of the lore and stories, right? The original Furby was able to like adjust its personality slightly Mm -hmm. depending on how it was treated or how it was raised. But you would usually still land on like one personality of a Furby that was calm and friendly and nice. (laughs) The 2012 Furby incorporated more of like a Tamagotchi feature. Yeah. So it could develop one of several personalities depending on how you treated it when it was growing up. Mm -hmm. And I would have been totally fascinated by that as a child, but I as an adult have seen videos of like these shifts happening in personality, like when Furbies change their mind. Yeah. It's scary. It's a little creepy. Like I'm not a big fan. That would have been way worse for me as a kid. Same. I agree. The actual Furby. Like I would have been fascinated with the process, but actually experiencing it, I probably would have been like, mom, can you um, put this in the closet. Like, yeah, I'd be like, I don't, put it I don't up want high this. on the shelf. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. And then they further improved on that in 2013, and they released the Furby Boom, and then in 2014 they released Furblings. So these are Furby babies, mm-hmm. and they can interact with the Furby Boom. I guess is like the mother or the parent. Yeah. Figure. And in 2016 they released the most recent version, and it's in my opinion the most impressive. It's called the Furby Connect. Have you heard of the Furby Connect? No. I hadn't either. I had never even seen them, but I don't, I guess, wander toy aisles very often anymore. Yeah, I don't like explore yeah. my Christmas <laughs> options like that, really. They no longer change personalities. I guess they realized that that was a little too much. Yeah. But apparently you're able to like watch videos and listen to music with your Furby through this app. And you can also hatch and care for virtual Furblings Hmm. and like build a village for your Furbies. Seems questionable. But this version is currently still for sale. 
So, you know, run, don't walk. <laughs> Go get your oh for Week Connect right now. I expect my paycheck Hasbro. <laughs> and then there's also like a huge market of, I mentioned earlier, but vintage Furbies reselling, collecting. And mine personally are long gone, but you clearly still have a Furby. If you listener, if you still have a Furby that's haunting your closet, mm. like check it out. See if somebody wants to give it a new home because some people are willing to pay top dollar for those vintage Furbies. Maybe I will you sell these two that I have. You should. Or you should at least look into it. Give it a new home. Somebody that will love it more than you have for the past, you know, two decades. More than me at all. <laughs> more than you ever. I don't love these. And I laughed at this Bustle article because they said... Although it's also possible that what made the toy cool also made it kind of creepy. On the one hand, it was almost like it was alive. And on the other hand, it was almost like it was alive. <laughs> and I think mm -hmm. we've touched on this before, but I do think the generations after us, they'll grow up with their own versions of these types of toys. Yeah. Um, I, I've never had one or used one or interacted with one at all. I don't have a lot of kids in my life right now, but Hatchimals were really big for a while. Mm. A few years ago, that was like the big Christmas toy. And... Whatever it is that keeps kids going back to like the uncanny toy pet, yeah. it's still happening today. Very much is alive in the hearts of children. And we know that Furbies were kind of the original in that space. Yeah, And they did seem creepy after a while, but obviously I still have fond memories of playing with my Furby. And I'm hoping that even after a couple of days of researching <laughs> the creepier side of Furbies, I hope I can still compartmentalize those because I know me and my sister had a pretty good time with our Furby. While it lasted. Oh, and okay. So speaking of that, like mother child Furby. Oh yeah. Concept. Yeah. I do have in my research. I found this one particular story on Reddit about oh my God. Like, okay. this kid who had um, a mom Furby and a baby Furby, <laughs> which is such a weird. Concept it sounds so scary. Just, I mean, I didn't experience that. I I, I had just yeah, their never, we were OG. too old for that. Yeah. But apparently, like this person, you know, and their brothers were like messing around with it and they dropped it. Mm -hmm. And I think it like died mm -hmm. or whatever. They, I don't know what the I baby Furbies do? did. Can they do that? It like never came back on. It oh, just like no. turned it, off. Literally, and like the electronics died. Yeah, it, it just didn't, like, stopped like, working. Died. Right. Okay. Like the robot itself, sure. the, the toy stopped working. Yes. And the mother Furby, in response to this, made like the same noises it made and then like also died. So apparently it like died of sadness mm. over like losing this baby Furby that had been like attached to it. That's horrible. Oh, I, I hate that. Apparently they like didn't turn back on. I like, really I don't hate know. that a lot. If that's possible, then these guys are making crazy, what uncanny valley type, yeah. seriously crazy robots. I mean, those are the new ones. So I guess I that know. makes sense. That's wild to me. Oh my God. But, well, thank you. I'm very glad that we, <laughs> that we got to hear Apparently, Furbies can die of sadness. You heard it here first. Apparently. First. Or second, you know, second to Reddit. I guess um, that's the end of our Furby, <laughs> Furby talk time. Thanks for listening to Furby talk. And we are closing out 2021 with you with this episode. Ooh, we've done it. We've done it. We started we with you it. in October and we are excited. Every week since October 2nd. Yes. We've done it. Man, it's been. Somehow. Yeah, it's been a journey, but we are very pleased and thrilled to, you know, kind of be building this community and grateful for you listening. Yeah, We're you so awesome. grateful. We know so many, you know, so many of our friends and some that we, people that we've never met before have been, you know, very mm -hmm. kind and mm -hmm. encouraging and seem to be appreciating what we're doing so we appreciate yeah. you so much and for sure, obviously for sure. thank you guys you know we we do it for ourselves and for the nostalgia to indulge those parts but it's so nice that there are people that it resonates with <laughs> it's always nice to know it's a very validating it's nice experience. to know you're not alone yes. right and that's what that's what we're all that's about good. over here at that's pretty dark yeah so from us to you Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Yeah. Whatever you're celebrating, I hope that it's lovely. And if it's not, that's okay too, because I um, understand. Yeah. The holidays yeah. aren't for everybody, and that's also perfectly fine. That's true. That's true. It's a tough time. It's a tough time. Mm -hmm. A lot of us feel that way. I hope that your family dinners are bearable. <laughs> it's important just to, you know, find whatever makes your holidays worth it, whether it's ghost stories or Furbies. Don't cut the skin off your Furbies. And I don't, I don't know. One of the things that helped me out is, um, Kind of getting into the roots of, of the holiday season, mm -hmm. especially Christmas in particular. Kind of figuring out like what it was about before it became 
what we know of as Christmas mm-hmm. today. Sure. I've always been more of an old world Christmas kind of person. Kris Kringle or Yeah, I guess so. Saint Just like very natural. I'm more of a, a purist when it comes to things like that. So I'm more about the origins of stuff, clearly. If you can't tell. So I don't know. I mean, the Yuletide season is has much more ancient origins than like Christmas per se. It's a bit more it grounds you a bit more yeah. into the the history of the world and i think it, i think it's more yeah take you know. some time this holiday season to learn about something or someone or some culture that's not yours just take a second yeah. step outside of your yeah. bubble like that's the moral of our story here today something that helps you feel more connected with humanity and the world as a whole mm-hmm. i think it's always really really i think good. we're all better off for that it's really beneficial here here absolutely cheers everybody and whatever toys are haunting your halls this holiday season Oof. I, I hope that they treat you well, and I hope that you treat them mm. well in return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, when all of your, your kids' you know toys come to life tonight, just uh, let them be. Yeah, like you said, leave well enough alone. Let them scream into the night. Let them sing their song. It's what they're meant to do. <laughs> it's what they're programmed to do. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Yeah, have a good one. We will have see you soon. Have a great New Year's. I guess we'll see and, you next you know, week. You'll hear from us soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But until then, yeah, stay warm. Stay warm. If you're in a if cold, you're in a cold hemisphere, you know, part of the world or place. <laughs> All right, guys. Silent night. <laughs> quiet. Quiet. Bye. We'll see you in 2022. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men <laughs> and women. Yeah. Hey. And, er- and everybody. Every gender. Between. Goodwill to every gender. Goodwill toward everyone. Good day. <laughs> Good eve. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark, written and produced by Christian Baxter Mott and Kaylin Andrews. Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons, and our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration. Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast. Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood at That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, You're never really alone. So, until next time, sweet dreams, everyone. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Wait a second.